Thank you to Rob and the band for leading us so far. We started a new series in our, our morning services uh, for the new year, and it will run up until Easter, and it's called The Heart of Jesus. I confess that um, at the beginning of uh, our new year that I hadn't made any resolutions, and there weren't many who put their hands up here when I asked if you had either. But one thing I do want to do again is read through the Bible in one year. So I've embarked on that again. And uh, Genesis is great. It's good stuff. It's just a few months' time when we get into the sticky stuff. But there you go. But also, I want, I want to know Jesus better this year. And I, I guess we would all say amen to that. We want to know Jesus better. And so we've set aside our morning services to look at the life of Jesus, but just to focus on some of the important events in Jesus' life, key moments, but also to try and seek to know his heart a bit more. And as I said uh, when I mentioned about reading the Bible in a year, it's, it's quite a lot of reading and there's big chunks to get through. That sounds awful, get through, doesn't it? No, no big chunks to enjoy and savor. <laughs> but one of the things that, that I do miss when I do that is the detail. And so I'm encouraging myself to do a separate kind of reading of just little bits and dwelling upon them. And so um, today, we're going to be looking at the joy of Jesus. So we want to go deeper in our relationship, deeper in our walk, closer to him. And as we get to know Jesus more, we realize that he is who he says he is. We realize that he is wonderful. We realize that he is good news for us. So if you're discouraged this morning, if you're frustrated, if you're weary, if you're disappointed, if you're a little bit cynical, if you're empty, if you're broken, if you're faithful, if you're joyful, if you're expectant, Jesus is good news for you today. And kind of we use the Matthew 11 verses 28 to 30 as a sort of base camp for our Series, come to me, says Jesus, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I discovered that that was the only verse in the New Testament where Jesus specifically refers to his own heart, that he is gentle and humble in heart. So we're going to look at another aspect of the heart of Jesus uh, today, and it's the joy of Jesus. So I'm going to read from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3 from the NIV version, but also from the Passion Translation as well, which is a, a relatively new translation. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, 
Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. And then from the Passion Translation, as for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has been already marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So often when I read a passage of Scripture, when I slow down and take that smaller piece, I look at other translations. It just gives another dimension. And I love this one from the Passion. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the cross. So today I want to focus on the joy of Jesus. If I was to ask you, what makes Jesus joyful? What would you say? What makes Jesus happy? What would you say? What makes Jesus rejoice? What would you say? And there will be many different answers to that question. And as a believer in Jesus, instinctively I think, how can I make Jesus happy? So do I make Jesus happy when I believe in him, when I love him, when I listen to him, when I obey him, when I seek him, and when I worship him? And I think the answer is yes. But the subtle thing is, that was all about me. (laughs) And not about him. We know from Hebrews 11 verse 6 that without faith, It is impossible to please God. Isn't that remarkable? Without faith, it is impossible to please God because we need faith to come to him. You cannot come to him without faith. The only thing that Jesus cannot forgive is unbelief. His refusal, when we refuse him, when we reject him. He wants all of us to be saved. He wants the whole world to be saved. None to perish. When we think of the joy of Jesus, we know from the Bible that the whole of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents 
and turns to Jesus. We know from the Bible that he rejoices when lost things are found. Some of the best stories that Jesus ever told are about lost things being found. Luke 15. Luke records those parables of Jesus. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. Luke chapter 10 verse 21 says, Jesus was full of joy through the Holy Spirit And he said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, but revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was what you were pleased to do. He has revealed the good news to everybody. It is so simple, a child can understand it. Yet we make it so complicated. But Jesus was full of joy Because the Father reveals the truth. We know from the Bible that Jesus rejoices when his disciples forsake all other things and follow him. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you believe in Jesus, he rejoices over you. I think some of you believe that. And some of you struggle with that. He rejoices over you. Jesus delights, takes joy, is happiest when showing his grace and mercy to the suffering and the sinful. I'm always delighted to hear from Dave Sillance. He's um, got a new blog. And uh, it's just amazing to see this young man. I always remember him as a teenager, but he's now in his 30s. So I've got to adjust my thinking. He was an awful teenager. I mean, you know, don't want to put anyone down, but he was awful. (laughs) You know, really stroppy and grunted a lot and things... But the Lord has done a wonderful work in his life. And he's out in Papua New Guinea serving the Lord with YWAM on those mercy ships. And he's been giving COVID vaccinations and TB inoculations. And if you read his blog, what gives him the greatest delight is when the sick come to him. When the suffering come to him. Because he knows that he can help them. What breaks his heart is when the villagers say, No, we don't want that. We don't want that. That's just an illustration. Imagine the sadness of Jesus when he says, I have come to rescue you and give you life in all its fullness. And you don't come to him. Jesus delights when we turn to him again and again and again. For renewed strength again and again and again. For fresh pardon and forgiveness again and again and again. He delights. When we come in our weaknesses and frailties, which he knows everything about, he delights when we come to him. Imagine if he had just limited grace. That you could exhaust his grace. 
the kind of thing, three strikes and you're out. We'd all be out. I remember someone becoming a Christian on Alpha some years ago. And he felt that once he'd become a Christian and received the forgiveness of Jesus, if he made a mistake, Jesus would be cross with him and would reject him. And it was the greatest revelation for him to know that Jesus loved him no matter what. And if he messed up, he was to go directly to the throne of grace. And not hide from God, not run away from Jesus, not say I've messed up again, but just come to grace again. Because Jesus is waiting with open arms. Sometimes I think that we as believers think that he can possibly run out of grace for us. Run out of patience with us. And he doesn't. Jesus wants us to draw on his grace and mercy because it is it's who he is. And it's why he came and it's why he endured the cross. Which is why I picked out that reading today. He takes joy and delight when we respond to his invitation. Not just when we first respond to his invitation. But when we continually respond to his invitation. He went through the horror of death, plunged into the humiliation, the agony and the shame of crucifixion for that very reason, to clear the way for us, to be the way for us, to take our sin, our shame, our wounds and die for them, that we might be healed that we might be forgiven, that we have this knowledge every single moment of every day that he is for us. It's when we do not come that it breaks his heart. Jesus' sacrifice is a once-for-all sacrifice. But it's a sacrifice we can access every day. It's not a once only offer. We can come to him and come to him and come to him. I believe that Jesus rejoices in his heart when he sees the fruit of his sacrifice. When we come to Jesus in our need, whatever need that may be, whether it's our brokenness, whether it's in our anguish, whether it's in our fear, our failure, or our rejoicing. I believe that we are going with the flow of his heart and his deepest wishes and not against them. Jesus' heart is not drained by our coming to him again and again and again. It is filled up. He doesn't want us to hold back, to hide away, to shrink back. Come to me. Come to the light. Come to the water of life. He loves to bless his children. So that verse in Hebrews. And Hebrews was written to a group of believers who were finding it tough. 
That's why the writer says, don't grow weary. Come to Jesus. The writer talks about the cloud of witnesses, the saints who have gone before us, who have run that same race. He encourages to throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles us. Run the race with perseverance. But know this, that Jesus is for you. He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. He is compassionate and kind. From Isaiah 42, repeated in Matthew 12, a bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. He is the perfect mediator. He is the Lord of glory, seated, enthroned on high, the suffering servant for us, who for the joy set before him, The joy that was set before Jesus, he endured the cross. So what is that joy? What was waiting for Jesus on the other side of the cross? The joy of delighting his father, of being obedient? Yes. The joy of his work finished, accomplished on the cross when Jesus says, it is finished. The joy, yes. The joy of returning to his pre-incarnational bliss in heaven, on the throne, seated with the Father. Yes. The joy of bringing many sons and daughters to glory, yes. The joy of you, yes. And that's why I love that Passion Translation. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the cross. That is how much you mean to Jesus. That needs to hit us afresh as if a thunderbolt had hit us. That Jesus loves you so much that he endured the cross. Scorning its shame because he knew knew that you would be his. I think that's pretty wonderful. One of the major themes of Hebrews is Jesus, the great high priest, the one who has made atonement for sin, the one who mediates, the one who bridges the gap between a holy God and a sinful humanity for the joy of knowing that you would be his. He endured the cross. If you want to know Jesus better, meditate on this. This is his heart. The joy in Jesus' heart of making us invincibly clean. By his blood shed on the cross. And he doesn't just want us to be forgiven. He wants us to be with him. To be in him. It brings him joy. 
says in John 15, abide in me so that my joy may be complete. In John 17, verse 24, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and see my glory. John 17, verse 13, keep them safe in me, Father, that they may have the full measure of my joy. He wants you to know him better. To know his heart. To know that you can keep coming back to him again and again and again because it delights his heart and brings him joy. That we may draw on the riches of his love and his grace so that we may stand for him. That's why he came. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Let us draw near to him again this morning. Amen. That's why we want to set aside a time of worship. I'm going to ask Rob and the band to come back. And the invitation from Jesus is to draw near. And songs enable us to draw near. Songs enable us to articulate the words that sometimes we cannot find in our own mouths. And they give our spirit's voice. But also, the Holy Spirit delights to move among his people when we lift up the name of Jesus. And we are expectant, aren't we? We are those who have gathered seeking to have an encounter with Jesus. And he says, come to me. So we're going to stand if you want to. But if at any time you want to be seated, that's fine. If at any time during this time of worship you want someone to pray with you, we've set aside this area out here. used to be known as the coffee area. It's now the prayer area. If you want to just make your way over there, if you want someone to pray with you. We'll pause in our worship just to wait upon the Lord together. If you sense a word from the Lord or you have a, a, a tongue or a scripture, we want to just see what God might say to us as we draw near to him. He delights in us. So let's stand if you want as we sing, as we gather and ask the Holy Spirit to move amongst us afresh.